Hello, everybody. Here I'm there to talk about Anchor. It's one of the best podcast uh, platforms that you can you can uh, go on. You can put all your podcasts on Apple, Google, any place. Any place to put up your podcast, you could all do it in one place. Anchor has all the tools to allow you to record and edit your podcast right from the phone or computer. And you can distribute any of your, your podcasts on any platform like Apple, Spotify, Anchor, you know, Anchor, Stitcher, iHeart, everything. It's everything you need you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. And let me tell you, I have had great experience with Anchor. Download the Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started today. That is Anchor FM to get started today. Welcome to Cindy and Joe's show. I'm Joe. I'm Cindy. And unlike the Red Wings, we are actually holding the line. <laughs> we are the last line of defense. And I think the Red Wings are about on the last line of a defense because they've got none. And you know, it's funny because we were going through a pre-show talking about the Red Wings points and how like the disparity, like the disparity between the top guys and the bottom guys, and it's not even freaking close. Yeah, and that says an awful lot. You know, it puts a lot of pressure on Dylan Larkin. Dylan Larkin's leading the team in points, and uh, you know that's probably the one bright spot that I'm that I can at least be excited about is that you know we were concerned at the beginning of the season whether or not you know this was a make or break season for Dylan. He needed to produce. He needed to show what he can do. And uh, he's he has done that and then some. So I think that's terrific news for him personally, but it's also good news for the organization moving forward. But on you said as you said, Joe, on the flip side of that, uh, you know we've got no one else producing, and uh, you've got a tremendous uh, disparity between your top point scorers and everybody else. Well, two of your top. Two of your guys that are in the top are your rookies, which you really shouldn't have happened, but that's the reality of the situation because of how good they are. Well, and that's al- why I'm in it, love with it. It also speaks to the volumes of how non... See, I got hit on last year, last week, because people... No, were... Joe, we don't want to hear about your personal no, people, conquests. People, no, people... You were getting hit on. No, I know what you meant. People were, were taking you me were to task. You were getting some hate. You were getting they were taking me to task because I said this team wasn't talented. And they aren't talented. If you look at the points, besides Larkin, Raymond, Bertuzzi, Verona, and Sider and Raymond, there's not much talent throughout the team. You know, in NHL, you need a four-line team... And you need three lines of defense that are two pairs. You know, they're pairs, three pairs of two, your defensemen. You need three pairs that can get it done. You know, these all these cup teams, if you look at the Floridas, you look at the Tampa Bays, you look at the uh, Calgary Flames, you look at the, uh, even look at the Minnesota Wild, who the Rebels play tomorrow, they have defensemen, and they have two at least two good lines of defense. Yeah, the the lack of depth uh, on the D side for Detroit has been an Achilles heel for them for a long time, yep. uh, for multiple seasons now, and they just haven't gotten it fixed, you know. And I think they're looking to 
their um, you know their farm team. They're looking to their guys that are down there in in uh, the A or in other. They've got them in other leagues. You know, their guys coming up to to save their defense. You know, you've got Vincent over there uh, in in Sweden. You've got they brought Mo Sider in. Thank God. Which, by the way, I'm in love with him. Uh, just so you know, I'm having I'm having my own personal love affair with uh, Mo Sider. I mean, I just love to watch him play. He just gets me so excited about this team. Uh, him and Lucas Raymond both. I mean, I and I, you know, I say that in a in, in a, the sweetest way. I mean, I really am just in love with watching them play and what it means for the Red Wings going forward. But you know, so they they're bringing these young guys up, and I think they thought that's where their defense was going to come from. But my God, I mean, they've got some some veteran defensemen. You know, Stahl, Letty, some of these guys, and I think they were considering them training tools. For these very young, exciting defensemen but they that they have in the organization, but these, but these the older defensemen have not played up to the, the strengths of it. They haven't. No, and you know, you know, you know, sad part: the third team to has given up the most goals in the NHL is the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah, I mean, when you're see, they're top fifteen in goals, but when you're top, you're the bottom three of the uh, goals against. Probably not going to win a lot of games. Well, yeah, because it doesn't matter if you're scoring five if you're giving up six. Yeah, right now they're averaging 3.59 goals against average. Their goals for is two uh, is a 2.84, which outpaces everybody else. That's the bottom, but they really just can't get it going with the goals against. So what do they need to do to turn that around? What can be I mean, done? Let's, let's put it in perspective. The team that's coming in tomorrow, they're the... They're the uh, they are the Minnesota Wild, right? They mm-hmm. have given up a hundred and and seventy six goals. You gave up two hundred and eleven goals, and if you give up a couple more, you'll be at the bottom of the league in goals against. Right now, Seattle Kraken have two twelve, Montreal is two twelve, and it's just not a good. It's not really a good uh, sign for the Detroit Red Wings when they do that. Well, no, because you can see what's going to happen, and that is they're going to be tallying up a bigger number in that loss column, and they that that's not good for morale. It's not good for anybody's stats, and it certainly is does not help at all in their uh, perhaps pipe dreams of maybe making it into the wild card. Uh, I think it's still mathematically possible uh, for them to make it into the playoffs, but you'd have to go on a hell of a run. And, and yeah, you'd have to, have to have a lot of luck your way, especially Boston, the way they're playing right now, Columbus, the way they're playing right now. It's just not a good situation for the Red Wings to be in because they have, you know, they've relatively played good the whole year. Yeah, they, that's the thing, Joe. They haven't played badly. Like, you can't say this team's been absolutely abysmal. No, but their defense has been a huge problem. But this is something we talked about all year long. And, you know, you've mentioned it. I've mentioned it. It's It was the teams that they were playing. And eventually when you play these teams that are better ranked and, you know, better offensively, you know, talented, more more chances to kill you. Like you, play, you start playing Tampa Bay, Florida, and Carolina, and, you know, uh, Toronto. You know, those are teams that are just – they're offensive heavy. They, they can play you really, really well. In the case of Tampa Bay and Florida, they have defense, too, in a goaltending situation. So, Toronto, obviously, they're just an offensive juggernaut, but they cannot play defense, you know, that 7-10 game that they had in, at the LCA. But it's just interesting because, you know, you've escaped the reality so many times because you've played some 
pretty nonchalant, good team, bad teams. But now you're starting to face these teams that are actually really, really good, like the Avs, like Colorado, Carolina, um, yep. Toronto. You know, mm-hmm. and you're gonna go on this West Coast trip. Before you go on it, you gotta play Minnesota. You gotta go play Calgary. Who are those? Are two Calgary's probably one of the best teams in the NHL. Edmonton, they can score at droves. They got kind of Dave and Lee on Drysdale, but they they have a problem too with goaltending and defense. Well, and Drysdale's at the top of the league right now. He's the top point scorer. Him and McDavid, and it's just it's 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 like you know you you haven't faced this good of talent all year, and eventually you're. The talent of your team was going to should be shown. Reality is going to come crashing down, and we can in a brutal fashion. And we don't even know how long Bertuzzi will be playing because he's going to be having a kid soon. Yeah, you know what? And congratulations to them. I'm actually really excited for Tyler. He might be a little distracted here, but uh, you know, you wouldn't know it from his play because he's still playing very well. Um, but uh, yeah, but any day now, he's. Um, he, he and his uh, significant other are expecting their little bundle of joy and having a little girl, which is wonderful. And um, we're looking forward to eventually seeing her, and I'm sure they're going to have her um, in her her requisite Red Wings gear yep. uh, when we when we finally do see her. And um, guess what? She is going to be the first member of the family that's going to have fewer teeth than Tyler. Wow. That went there. <laughs> So he'll at least be able to say, hey, somebody's got fewer teeth than me now, you know. She'll have a toothless grin to match her dad. But, um, no, I'm very happy for him. Very, He's a sweet, sweet kid. Um, you know, I, I've always – I've been a fan of Tyler's um, and, uh, you know, just, just a real nice guy. So I'm very happy for, for him and uh, looking forward to that for them. But, anyway, um, it might be a good time now for this West Coast, uh, you know um, – trip to come up because I am not sure that he can even go into Canada given his vaccination status. Yeah, I don't know how that's going to work. I don't really know what their policies are because they change every day, but you know, it just goes to show like that's that's when you miss one player of your team, like a Bertuzzi or a Raymond or in the case of Verona, you know, you come back, you said it last week, ah! he would come back, Verona would come back and, and lend a helping hand to the power play. And in the first game he comes back, he actually scores a power play goal. So kudos, I was, kudos to you. I was wondering if I was going to get props from the chat master for that one. Was that, chap going to give me props? Because was, you bet I was adamant about that, that that's where Verona was going to make the difference. It was going to be on the power play in those power play units. And bam. And he made it, he made an impact really, really, you know, right on point. And you bet. I think if you're the Red Wings, I mean the the, the one of the things that you go into the off season, if you're, when you go into the, when you're about to go into the off season, you got to get a second line center. Uh, that's 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 putting it mildly because Suter, who is playing second line center minutes, is not playing up to his uh, the standard that a second line center should be. You know, and he showed a lot of promise when he first came to Detroit, and uh, I actually had high hopes for Suter. Um, but uh, I don't know what's happened here in the last uh, month or so uh, with him. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, maybe he's going through some, you know, has some personal challenges or just in a slump or whatever. But, um, yeah, he's going to need to start producing because uh, we need him there. Uh, we, uh, you know, Dylan Larkin needs that backup. You, you need uh, a second. Yeah. You know, in the NHL, the second yeah. line center is pretty is a pretty big prominent position. If you got two centers, you're probably going to have a good hockey team. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, we've been waiting for guys like Valeno or Rasmussen or um, um, all those guys that we you would think would make the next step, you know. Haven't made the next step. Suter is one of them. You know, he played, he showed some brilliant play in uh, in Chicago. Came to Detroit, second line center. He has not performed well at that at that case. You wonder if it'd be better for him to be on the third line, and uh, whoever comes in as a second line center could potentially be better than he has actually been. Well, the problem is, who are you going to put there? You know what I mean? Right now, I don't think the Red Wings have those kind of options. That's why I think in the offseason, yeah. you're going to have to spend some money to get a good second-line center here because, you know, if you're going to bring up a guy like, uh, if you're going to bring up a guy like Bergeron, you know, you got to get him used to the NHL. Hey, I got to tell you, that guy, I think they should be giving him some looks. And I think the one uh, thing that I think we will see and that I, I know the Red Wings will take advantage of, or I feel they will, uh, once the once the playoff hopes fade uh, and, and become an, an impossibility, I think you're going to start seeing them give some ice time to guys like Bergen, to, to, to some of their other guys who they're going to prep for next season. And I think it will be exciting to see. Because uh, Bergen showed some tremendous promise, and I'd like to see him on some NHL ice. Yeah, he's done pretty good in the last uh, 10 games he's played in Grand Rapids. He's got six points, three goals, three assists. You know, the one thing that they want to do, they want to get, he, they want him to get better at is his defensive game. Um, you know, he's he's a minus, he's a minus uh, two in those 10 games played. He's a minus five in the five, last five games. So that's an issue that he needs to get better at, especially the, the complete ice game. Yep, yep, no doubt. Uh, I mean, he's got some work to do, but that's okay. Um, and then these other guys who just aren't producing, I think, you know, Steve's going to have quite a few decisions he's got to make, and um, they're going to be big ones. So, and I think, uh, you know, he knows what he's doing. We've said it a hundred times, but... Boy, I sure wish he'd clue some of us in. I, Stevie, you know, the, there was another issue that we have to we have to hit we have to hit on uh, with the Red Wings is Jeff Blashill, right? So I don't know if Jeff Blashill is going to get another year. I don't know because it's whatever Stevie says. That's what Darren always says. It, okay, What's the answer? Stevie, whatever Stevie wants. Stevie is right. the man. Okay, if Stevie said don't eat steak, I probably wouldn't eat steak, and I love uh, steak. Uh, if Stevie says Blashill is the best man for the job, am I going to tell him he doesn't know what he's doing? Because I see a lot of these people on the uh, these Facebook groups, and all they say is, "Oh, you know, Mister Miss, you know, Stevie, why did why does he like Jeff Blashill? Because probably he knows more than you do." <laughs> You know, I'm pretty sure he does. I think that's like, a fair bet. Like, I mean, Stevie Y has been in this position. He's, he's built a roster that is has competed and won two Stanley Cups in a row. Pretty sure he knows what he's doing. And if he thinks Chef Blashill is the man for the job right now, uh, I'm going to believe him. I mean, I'm not going to be like, yeah, Stevie, you don't know what you're doing. Or, Stevie, I know more than you and you need to get him out of here. I mean, the reality of the situation is this is, this is a team that's below... The league average in age, so they are really young, and it's you're dealing with young players, and sometimes they don't, they aren't as prepared as an older player, in the way they have to approach the game. So I, that's where I give them a little bit of leeway because I really didn't expect them to be a great team this year. 
because I didn't think they were a really good team. But uh, listen, if Jeff Blashill gets another year because Stevie Y says so, I trust Stevie Y to make that decision because he is the man. Well, and I trust him too, and and I think the Illiches trust him, and um, he, he's not that he's infallible. It's not that he hasn't doesn't have to make adjustments. Not that he doesn't make uh, maybe if mistakes. Wise, if, but he's but he's gonna fix them. And uh, I don't think Jeff Blashill. I don't think he sees Jeff Blashill is a mistake no, uh, at all. If if Stevie Y goes to the Illiches, they have one button to push. It's the yes button. Right. Stevie Y goes the golden buzzer. Steve Steve goes okay. I'm I'm gonna give you this. This is what we're gonna do. This is what I'm gonna do. And you can't say no. What about no? You just answer. You just ask one question. <laughs> that's your one question you get, and that's it. Uh, it's uh, yes. That's right. Answer the question correctly. Stevie is the guy who really knows what he's doing, and he is he has the Iser plan all going together. Like you said, you know when he came into this, this whole. Kumbaya is that it wasn't going to be an easy transition. They're going to need some time because they needed time. They needed to gather talent. They needed to make some good roster moves, and they needed to have contracts expire. And they will have contracts expiring pretty soon. And I just love the way the what the Rebels are going to be coming up because I think that they actually have the cap room to make some pretty substantial moves. And I think that they're going to start making those moves this offseason. I think they have to. I think they have to because you know what? As as um, much as this town loves Steve, and I'll tell you what, I don't think you're going to find a general manager anywhere in the game who's who given is, as much leeway. Well, I don't think you're going to find anybody as committed or who has as much instinct as Steve Eiserman. You're just not. I mean, um, you know, his level of commitment is in the stratosphere. Yep. Okay, it's not just a job for him. This is a mission. This is his home. This is this means a lot more to him than just that. And he's using every skill he's got and putting it into this team and this organization. There's mm-hmm. no doubt of that. So um, I don't doubt that he's going to do what he truly believes is best. And there's probably you're gonna you're hard pressed to find anybody else who's got any better hockey sense than Steve Eisenman. So all that being said, I think that at the same time. Steve is cognizant of the fact that, you know, the fans in Detroit, their their patience is wearing a little bit thin. They're getting a little anxious, and he's going to need to make some big moves soon. Um, you know, I, I'm not saying that it, it dictates what he does. I'm just saying he has an awareness of it. Um, and uh, I think that, you know, they need to, you know, they got to put butts in seats. They've got to sell tickets. And they got to have a product that people are going to come and watch. It's not like the Lions where people just buy tickets no matter how bad they are. They go because, you know, they just want to drink beer and, um, you know, pay 30 bucks a piece for each one, right, and hang out with their buddies and say they were a Lions game. It's not like that. The, the Red Wings are, um, they are, it is somewhat of a family. I will tell you that. I've become uh, very pleased to say I feel I've become a part of that family over the last several years, and it's wonderful, but... This family, as families do, are getting really irritated with each other at times. And uh, it's getting a little frustrating. So, I think Steve needs to make some big moves to uh, really get us uh, closer to the playoff contention level than we are right now. He's got to get some defense. I think Stevie's seen... I think Stevie's seen what 
needs I got I almost did what did you show Remix did and Did you choke? Yeah. <laughs> but I think I think uh Stevie is seeing everything he needs to see this year. You know, I think he, I think he's he, had some disappointments. Though. I mean, well, if you ask me, he came this year saying, "Okay, I needed a step up from Dylan. I needed a step up from Bert. I needed a step up from a couple other guys." And he wanted to see how the rookies performed. Well, the rookies have performed way better than average, oh, way better than the, ever, anyone thought. Lucas bro. Raymond is a, is a stud. Oh. Cider looks like he's a Calder Trophy winner, and he should win the Calder Trophy because he is absolutely. Dominant and 100%. he is getting he is the talk of the NHL in the way that he plays and the way that he performs. And I was watching uh, the, yesterday, I switched over and I watched Arizona Coyotes, and they were talking about you know, I think it was Christian Fisher was talking about his little run in with uh, Cider. And he goes, Yeah, he goes, Cider is a big, big dude, and he um, he'll he's a rookie, but he doesn't seem like a rookie, he seems like he's. Aged a veteran. Well, you know, and I'll tell you why. The reason he looks that way, I was reading an article um, and uh, an interview that uh, Mo had done, I think in the last couple of days. Yeah, the Yahoo one? Yeah. He posted it on Between the Whistles? Yeah. yeah, Between the Whistles did post that. I knew I read it somewhere. Boy, there's a resource out there for Detroit sports that always has the best stuff and they always have it first. It's um. Between the whistles, yep. that's right. Between the whistles, but so, he, he takes this very seriously. He's, he's he a, does. He's a very, very. He, he goes to bed early. He does. He thinks. He, he thinks like a pro, and you know what? He and did. he's acting like a pro, and he's preparing like a pro, and that's why he looks like one. If you he's, if you ask the greatest people that ever play the game of hockey, football, basketball, baseball, it's all the same thing. They prepare, 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 because if they don't prepare themselves, they won't be any good. Well, he takes it seriously, you know. When and he even said, you know, when all your buddies are going out gaming or after a game or whatever late night, they want to keep gaming, which is what young guys do, right? You know. And uh, he said, you learn you can't do that. You got to go to sleep early and you got to be ready. And um, what a very mature outlook to have. Mm-hmm. And it is that veteran perspective that he already has at such a young age that is causing his performance to be so much better than the other rookies out there. So um, kudos to Mo. Uh, I, I, I just, I, again, I like this guy more and more. I'm in love with Mo Sider. Break it to his parents now. Break it to mom. I'm in love with Mo Sider. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm in love with his attitude. I'm in love with his performance. I'm in love with what he offers the Red Wings. I can't say enough about this guy. Um, you know, you say some people, they hype him up. And they're not worth the hype. Most cider is worth the hype, and then some. I mean, there's a possibility the city of Troy could have two rookies years, and that would be awesome. Cade Cunningham, Moritz Cider—they're both playing at a phenomenal level, and they're both raising the team the way that they should. You know, obviously Cider needs a little more help, and so does Cade Cunningham. It's the same thing. But if you if you ask me right now, the Rebels are in a very very good spot um, to be in. Especially with what they've had, uh, I mean, the defense hasn't been great. But if you ask me, they're in a better spot this of this year than they were last year at this time. Because actually, you actually know that you have a guy like Cider who is actually going to become a franchise player. You got a guy like Larkin who has absolutely got gotten better. You got a guy like Raymond who's he's going to get better as he, he gets game action. He's gotten a lot better with defensively how he's uh, approached the game. And you got we gotta just 
you know, free agency, I think free agency, the Rebels become players. I think they're going to make some, some good moves. And I think CBY sees that he has a little bit of issues on the uh, forward front, on the second line. And he just needs to make this team better like he did in Tampa Bay. Oh, yeah. He knows exactly where his issues are. And I have no doubt that he will take whatever steps are necessary to remedy those. So it's just a matter of um, seeing who he brings in. And then seeing if those things work the way he plans them to work. Yeah. Um, that's that's the other thing. You can have the best laid plan. You can take the best steps. But, you know, you can't predict what what's going to happen, who's going to perform and who's not. You know, you might have a breakout player. We don't expect one. And you might have a guy who, uh, you know, you had all highest expectations for who underperforms, gets in a slump. And, and I'll tell you, the other thing that I've said, and I know you don't like it, Joe, you disagree with me all the time, but I've said it, and I will stick by it. I think Valeno has topped out. I don't think he is going to become what people are, were hoping and expecting. I, um, t- you know, I, I just don't. I, I, I think that um, – I don't know if he needs to change. I should say this. I think Valeno has topped out. If he keeps doing what he's doing, whatever that is, he's going to keep getting the results that he's getting. And he's got to make a change and – um, he he knows what we're talking about. He knows. Uh, he's got to change that because if he keeps being the stubborn mule he's being, and he is, um, he's got he's got to get he's got to drop that stubbornness, drop that damn chip he's got in, on his shoulder, and he, he's got to do what he knows he needs what they're telling him to do, and he will have a chance. But if he doesn't, forget it. He can just. Uh, resign himself to being a mediocre average player, and I don't think he's going to be with this organization very long. I think that there's a lot of players in the, in the Revenant's organization that really need to take a look in the mirror and figure out what the heck they want to be. Uh, I think there's a couple players that you can name. Uh, Rasmussen. Uh, I think you can name a Lind- Gustav Lindstrom. I think you can name a Joe Valeno. I think you can uh, name a Phil Peronic. Yeah. Uh, I think you can name uh, you can name a lot of players that what do you want? What do you, what do you really want to be in the NHL? Because if you keep playing this game of uh, average, below average, I don't think you're going to be around long. And if you're not playing at the the way that CBY wants you to play, yep. and the way the organization is set, you're not going to be around long. They are trying to negotiate the terms of success, and. It's not working, boys. It's not working. I mean, what again, what kind of player do you want to be? Do you want to be the guy who's changing his address every season? Yep. Is that what you want to be? Where you're being shipped around the NHL because you're just trying to make a check? Yep. I mean, come on. Did you did you get in this game to be a champion, or did you get in this game to make, just or make you, a paycheck you, and get by? Or do you want to be a career NHL player? Cause exactly. A lot of them aren't playing up to an NHL standard, and I can guarantee you if you're, if you're not the Arizona Coyotes – or the Montreal Canadiens at this point, they don't they won't take this either because half these players that are on this roster are playing below average, mediocre hockey. Yep, and uh, you know I don't and say this, and it's unfair. It's unfair to Dylan. Yep, it's unfair to uh, Tyler. It's unfair to Cider and, and and Raymond. And you know Vron just came back, and he's already put the puck in the net. I mean it's unfair to them because they have been playing their asses off and you got a bunch of people um that are not playing up to their potential and you know what i here's the thing uh, cindy i can take 
a player not playing offensive. Just play, you know, that they're not good offensively, right? Yeah. There is no reason whatsoever in any sport that if you're not good at doing the offensive type of stuff, I at least expect you to give a, consent, a consensual big effort on the defensive side. And that goes for a, a hockey player, and it goes for a baseball player, and that goes for a basketball player because we know in football there is no offensive defensive player yeah. that plays both sides of this thing. Those sports, if you're, okay, let's, you know, you could be a career 175 hitter in baseball, but if you're a great defensive player, you got you got a spot on a roster. Right. If you're, if you're a basketball player and you, can, and you can defend really, really well, but you can't score, there is a spot for you on the roster. There is a spot for you in roster uh, if you're good defensively in hockey, too, because that's, that's, you need every, you need all five players playing defense at the same time. Yep. Yep. And I, you know, I don't say this. To come hard down, you know, down hard on these guys, Joe. I'm not. I, but I'm saying it's it's a little bit of tough love, okay? I mean, I think everybody needs a little bit of tough love right now, um, because I see mediocre effort. I and like you said, performance that can change with enough. Uh, you change the momentum. You you do enough practice. You change up what you're doing. You know, but the mediocre effort is what I see and that I don't like. And um, and quite frankly, these guys are. They're not being fair to their teammates. They're not being fair to the fans in this city. And they are shortchanging themselves. So it, it's kind of like, you know, you don't have a 30-year career, a 20-year career, okay? You guys got a 10- to 15-year career max. How many of those years are you going to waste? What are you, what are you going to, you know, negotiating the, the terms of success? Quit doing that. Get on the, get on the ball. Make the changes you got to make. And bring us what we know you can, what this organization needs, and that's it. And if I'm it, feeling a little harsh today, Joe, a little harsh. Oh, you're you're going to my little wheelhouse. I, I am. I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm meandering into the into Chapland. But I think it's. I think we both can agree that this this team. There's players on this team that have not performed up to their what they they're they're given the opportunity to. Yeah. You know, they, they don't wear just a jersey for a defunct franchise, okay? They wear a, a jersey for... A legacy. The the best lo- One of the best logos in pro sports, one of the best franchises in pro sports. And if you don't believe it, look up at the rafters and see the names that have wore that sweater. You bet. That's what matters. A lot of these players, they're just they're not playing up to the level that is expected as a Red Wing player to come and play. You know, when you look at the seal, the rafters, and you see a guy like Gordy, and you see a guy like the Vecchio, and Lindsey, and Sawchuck, and Stevie Y, and Nick, Ooh, you're giving me goosebumps, and Nick Lidstrom, and Red Kelly, those are guys that have they've exhibited what it means to be a Red Wing, and there's more than those players that have worn the Red Wings jersey that exhibit how you play the game. There was a guy, Datsuk, who showed you how to play the game. There's a guy like Zetterberg who showed you how to play the game. Yeah. And those were recent guys. You know, those are guys that are probably going to have their rafter, their number up in the rafters, too, because they've honestly deserved to play like those guys. Because if you want to be like, if you want to be a guy that's in the long-term plans of the Red Wings, you better get your act together now. Well, and I'll tell you what, if you're not bringing points to the board, you need to bring some heart onto the ice, and that's what we need to see. Bring me some heart. Show me that you got it. Uh, that you've got love for this team. You've got love for this city, 
and you've got love for this opportunity that you have been given, don't squander it. Don't waste it. And that's what that's you know. Bring if it. you look at the Boston Bruins, you know, for years uh, there's been players that they've had that have played on the third and fourth line that aren't really really that good. Mm-hmm. But what they do is they just shell out, like they sell out for the goal to go to the playoffs and yep. have a chance at the Stanley Cup. Blocking shots, taking plays, you know, doing, making defensive plays that really help the defenseman. You know, just helping out their team because that's what you need as a as a as a forward and as a defenseman. You need to make those plays because that's how you become a successful team. I'll look forward to these changes coming. I'm hoping a little my little tough love gets through to uh, to some of these fellows. I I understand. Uh, we got some uh, information today that, again, uh, a lot of them are listen to the show. A lot of them are fans of ours. They're fans of mine, actually. Yup. <laughs> Imagine that. And you know, if, if, and I love them. I love they, every single one of you. They know the exactly what we've been saying is true. Is that they this team needs to be better because, you know, it's it's a, it's a, it's not just we wear the rubber jersey. It's not just it's not just a jersey. It's not just a sweater. It's 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 the way you play and the way you move. It's like the, playing with the Yankees. You know what you you know you know what that franchise is about. You know how it is, and you know what it, it, it is expected. You know, Detroit. You, you expect better, and this is a team that's on the cusp. I think. Yeah, I think that's both, right. I think we're both in agreement. This is a team that's on the cusp. Yes, but, and that's the most painful thing, Joe. That's the hardest thing about this whole thing, is the fact they're so close. They just need to make a couple more adjustments. I wonder if they know how close that they are, because I can see it. I think they are. I think they know that they're close, but I think that they just a lot of these guys and taking a look in the mirror this off season. Yep. And be like, okay, I what I what can I get better at? And the answer is, if your name isn't Larkin, Bertuzzi, Raymond, Sider, and Verano, everything you got work to do. Everything. Yeah. There's everything that you have to get better, at. and that's that's basically the way it goes. And I'm, you know, it's, it sucks that we're in another position where we're not playing for the playoffs at this point, unless it takes a phenomenal run. But man, they just need to—they need to start playing better hockey because it's not all—it's not Blashill's fault, it's not Larkin's fault, or anybody like that. They just don't commit to the defensive side of the ball, hockey, the puck. I just said ball, but the puck. I know you're already—you're already on to football, so. right? They—they're not playing on the defensive side of the puck. They're not—you know—they're allowing too many shots to hit the net, and when you allow shots to hit the net, I don't care if you're a goalie like. Uh, Toxic. I don't care if you're a goalie like Asuka. You're going to let in some goals because you can't take that many shots. I mean, it's just ridiculous. So the Rebels need to get better at, at not allowing so many shots. And it's mainly the second, third, and fourth line that need to really hammer in the point that they need to start playing better because I think CBY is saying, okay, we're going to make some major moves this offseason because obviously none of these guys can really cut it for me. I think so. I think there's no other conclusion to make, and uh, looking forward to seeing how they handle this West Coast uh, trip. Um, hopefully, everybody can stay healthy, stay well, and uh, look forward to lots of exciting. And they play two tough teams, and they play another. Yeah. I'm hoping to see some exciting hockey, though. I'm hoping they come a lot. Now. I hope that this this really sparks them. You know, if it would really help them if they started with my Minnesota and they they played a really good game, they won. Yeah, I think that could set them off because you know another thing they play Seattle their last leg of the trip and Seattle is a very bad defensive team, so that could help them out. But they have to go through Calgary, Vancouver, and Edmonton first, and that is not fun. Good luck with that. 
And the next segment is between the Whistles, Sydney and Joe show, your hometown team. We will be talking about the Detroit Lions and the mock draft that I had that was very, very well hated. Ha <laughs> ha! Joe. Because people don't understand the reality of the situation that presents itself. Enlighten us, Joe. I will. Speaking the gospel. This is the Cindy and Joe show. <laughs> 